Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Good evening and welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast I am Wags and joining me as always is Dane uh, we're both feeling a little under the weather tonight, but a, a little bit better uh, after the Packers were able to just escape with a win yesterday afternoon and improve to 11-3, and three, remain in the top spot in the NFC. So, Dane, uh, you know, as things unshook yesterday, uh, the fact that the Packers were just able to get a win, I think uh, we're not going to get a lot of beauty points for it. But uh, winning is definitely the most important thing, especially this time of year. It sure is, Wags. Um, it, incredibly important. And uh, see the Packers take care of business the way that they did. I mean, it wasn't always pretty, uh, but couldn't be more happy to see them um, get out there. I, I know that the the Baltimore Ravens were a little banged up there, or extremely banged up. But guess what? So are the Packers. And, um, you know, I think that the big injury for them was Lamar Jackson being out and Huntley came out and basically showed that he's probably going to be a starter in this league. If not next year, then pretty soon himself. So uh, all things considered, um, it wasn't the prettiest game, but I'll tell you what, I'll take a win and go into 11-3 any day of the week. And if you told me uh, when the season started that this is what the position the Packers would be in right now, I would have taken it every single day of the week. So I'm ecstatic with where the Packers are currently. Yeah. How could you not? And speaking of where they're at, I am not going to get too far in the weeds in this. We know if the Packers take care of business and win out, they are going to be the number one seed and get that first round by in the NFC, such a crucial thing any year, but especially here this year, uh, with Lambeau Field, we've got fans that are going to be back in the stands for the playoffs this year, unlike last year, where it was very limited attendance. Uh, and where the number one seed is the only team in each conference that gets the bye. Number two seeds no longer get the bye with the addition of uh, a seventh team into the playoff uh, picture here. So uh, this is huge. And the Packers have tiebreakers now. You look around the rest of the league and what happened yesterday and then last night after the Packers took care of business with the Saints blinking, uh, the Buccaneers is not only do we have tiebreakers against the Cardinals and Buccaneers, um, we also have a game lead on them as well. So a little bit of breathing room. Uh, now, that being said, the team that we do need to be most concerned about now um, is uh, obviously the Packers, first and foremost. We just need to take care of business mm -hmm. ourselves. Uh, and then um, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Root for the Cowboys to lose at least one more game. Uh, heck, I'll root for them to lose every game. Uh, probably won't happen. But uh, the Cowboys do hold two tiebreakers against the Packers that could come into play if we were to end up tied with them after the end of the se uh, regular season. Uh, they've got a better conference record as of now. And if they don't lose, they're going to stay in that spot. Mm. Um, they're 8-1 and one against the NFC versus Packers are 8-2. and two. Uh, And they've got a better uh, opponent, common opponent record, which is the fourth tiebreaker since the Packers didn't play head-to-head uh, that obviously with the Cowboys, that obviously doesn't come into uh, play. Um, the uh, uh, Cowboys are three and one 
uh, versus the Packers, unfortunately, one and three against common opponents. Now, the Packers do get to play the Vikings. That's a common opponent. And the Cowboys uh, have Washington left. Uh, but it's not going to be enough for that to change either. So, um, again, just win out, take care of business, and we don't have to worry about that. However, um, if uh, we want the opportunity for the Packers to clinch the number one seed before week 18 and potentially be able to rest guys not only for the bye week, but for the last game of the regular season. If the Cowboys were to stumble uh, one of these next couple of weeks, that would uh, enable the Packers to clinch the number one seed, as provided we win as well uh, in the next couple of weeks, headed into the final week of the regular season. So that could be pretty significant considering the health of this roster and uh, maybe not resting everybody, but uh, it would give us an even one extra week. So that could be a very, very big, very big factor coming down to the wire. So um, that said, Let's just win, right? right. Uh, so, Dane, I think um, just from a news and notes uh, standpoint, I, I don't know if you want to hit on. We had some guys in uh, for a workout today, um, signed someone to the practice squad. So uh, do you want to share kind of uh, where we're at with the roster management as well? Yeah, uh, definitely. I thought that it was uh, an interesting signing today, Wags, uh, coming onto the the Packers practice squad uh, Packers went out and got um, a, a linebacker, kind of a – he's played some outside linebacker in the league, uh, but I think more maybe of an inside linebacker. Uh, Peter Kalambayai, I believe is how you pronounce it. Forgive me, Peter. If we're off, we'll get it right next time if it's off. But uh, Peter came onto the practice squad, and I think that what makes him interesting, um, no, he doesn't return kicks or punts, but he's made uh, – a career out of being a very good special teams player played for the, uh, for the Texans. Um, and, and he's also, and he was a draft pick. I believe there around a six round pick for the Texans got cut out of camp this year. Um, the Texans, you know, had a lot of roster changes as we all know. So, uh, you know, he's looking for work. I think he's going to be uh, in addition. I wouldn't be surprised Wags. I'm curious your take if he is called up quickly or at least gets kind of that practice squad, um, you know, they, they're able to identify a couple of guys that can be bumped up on game day to see if he can bring some extra um, oomph to this Packers special teams. Now, what's interesting about him as well is he plays the same spot as Warren Burks and Ty Summers, who are two guys that I would consider core special teams players for the Packers. So um, does the positioning really matter with him? Maybe not. But Goody and the front office have proven, Wags, time and again, that they're not afraid to make some adjustments late season. Uh, we saw uh, Abdullah, uh, he played 17 18 snaps for the Packers defensive lineman just on Sunday, played a pretty good football game himself. Um, you know, they make these kind of shakeups from time to time. So that's the one I'm really keeping an eye on. It's always interesting when they make additions, but with the way special teams has been struggling to bring this guy in and this moment, they're clearly trying to get better on special teams and they think he might be able to help out. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a key down the stretch is how the Packers manage not only the top end of the roster, but the bottom end of the roster um, as we've got some guys coming back, as we uh, have some churn perhaps to try to uh, upgrade uh, where we've had maybe some performance issues, particularly mm -hmm. on special teams. So if there is an opportunity 
to plug in some holes there, uh, I think uh, Goody is certainly going to be very active. So uh, I don't know uh, where these guys project or if they'll make any additional moves right now, uh, but good to get a look, be proactive. And hopefully that means down the stretch, if we feel like we need to make another move or two, uh, we've gotten a, a really good look at at least a few guys that we bought off the street and, and probably have uh, some other guys circled as well uh, that and- the scouting department has. And Wags, I mentioned Oren Burks and Ty Summers. I don't think that they're in danger. I don't. I want to just clarify that. I think McDuffie, if anybody, is somebody to keep an eye on. He's been a healthy scratch last few weeks. Our rookie linebacker. Um, he, you know, has a lot of practice squad eligibility. If they don't think that he can provide what they're hoping for on special teams, he may be a guy who sees a, a dip to the to the uh, practice squad and who knows maybe maybe none of this comes to fruition especially with just a few weeks left but just something to keep an eye on anytime you see a linebacker get added this late in the year yeah and who knows Uh, obviously we can't project ahead at what future injuries could happen but one of the things that could help about getting a Jair back and getting maybe a couple of these offensive linemen back in addition to the fact that they can help us obviously is it helps our depth too because now with the COVID rules we can be a little bit more flexible in who we call up on uh, from the practice squad on Sundays uh, whereas now it's and, and nothing against the guys they've called up. They, you know, they earned the opportunity, but it's been a little bit more by necessity to ensure that we have at least enough depth at some of the positions that have been hit harder. Uh, so uh, by getting a little bit healthier at some of those key position groups, it'll enable us to just take whichever guys we feel like could probably help us the most on special teams, since that's what we really uh, need the most help with uh, down the stretch as well. So um, I'm excited to see how that all unshakes for sure. Um, Dane, I think, you know, let's get into the game. (laughs) This was a barn burner and it looks like we're, we've got eight minutes left. I'm just going to skip right to that point. What, What are you thinking? The Packers have forced the Ravens to turn over a turnover on down. They get the ball at, I believe about their own, or I'm sorry, the Ravens 30 yard line and uh, make a great play to uh, big dog, Mercedes Lewis. He gets rumbles down to the five yard line. We've got first and goal with a chance uh, to take anywhere from a 14 to a 18 point lead. If we can punch it into the end zone, Uh, it feels like we, we're about to lay down the hammer yeah. in that game and end up not hitting in the end zone, kicking a field goal. But even after that, Dane, what were you thinking and feeling at that point of the game? Uh, honestly, I thought the game was over at that point of the game. I just did. The the feel to that point, it felt right um, for, for the Packers. I thought the defense had figured out the uh, the uh, Andrews situation. He Andrews gutted the Packers throughout the first half, and it feels like the Packers had made some adjustments there um, and seemed to have kind of mitigated uh, some of the stuff that Huntley was doing in the uh, in the second half. Um, so I was feeling really good. Uh, I had no real concerns to be honest with you. And then um, you know the wheels kind of fell off a little bit. With a with a quick score from the Ravens, and you know that put the Packers on their heels really quickly. I thought. Um, I think honestly, the Packers might have thought they had that one in the bag as well. So there was a lot of um, tenacity coming from this Baltimore offense to be able to do what they were able to do late in the game, especially when they only scored what they scored in the first half. 
Um, it seemed like the Packers really were in control all of the third quarter and then a good portion of the fourth quarter. And then, man, that's football right there, right? Momentum swings really quick. You're on the road. They score fast. You know, you you uh, you turn the ball back. You have to give it back to Baltimore again, and then they're off to the races. Um, I honestly am pretty happy John Harbaugh uh, decided – or excuse me, Jim Harbaugh. Or, no, John Harbaugh. Uh, I was right the first time. <laughs> one of the Harbaugh. One of those Harbaugh brothers decided to go for two at the end of the game. I think the Packers' defense looked pretty gassed near the end of it. So uh, the fact that they went for two may have been a bit of a blessing in disguise, especially with how the game turned out. But uh, Wags, I went from very comfortable to very, very concerned very quickly. Um, how, how did you feel? What were your range of emotions there the last nine minutes or so? Well, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't very happy uh, and it wasn't due to any lack of effort. It just didn't feel like we were playing the same defense that we played the first three and a half quarters and all of a sudden it was let's play not to lose. And that was the um, classic Mike Patton defense. And I wonder whose call that was. There was too much time left in that game. And I get, you don't want to give up a big play and they score in, you know, 45 seconds. So at least while they did score quickly, I agree, at least they had to run some clock and get down the field. It wasn't, an immediate long backbreaking play that they gave up. So from that aspect, I guess they managed the clock appropriately. Um, however, as it turned out, it didn't matter. The Ravens had the opportunity to take the lead, as you said, with that two point conversion. I, I guess I didn't have a strong feeling one way or the other. I, I would say I would lean towards, I was not thrilled that they were going for two, but not surprised. Uh, We've talked before, Dane, and that has to be one of the first time the Packers as a defense in the Aaron Rodgers era mm-hmm. have come up with a key stop when the opposition is going for two in a big moment. Now, I'm right. not talking about it. I'm sure they probably have stopped the team from going for two if, you know, sometimes you see teams go for two in like the first quarter after their first touchdown or something goofy like that. It doesn't happen all that often, but. It just doesn't – and, Dane, I, I think your memory, you came up with one against the Bears in, like, 2004. I, I, I can't Something remember like that, that stuff. Yeah. You're crazy like that. I, I can't remember stuff. Uh, but even so, I think the point still stands. The fact that we were able to get a stop, I, I don't know if it served them well to try to draw the Packers off sides mm-hmm. and burn the timeout. I think that helped the Packers. If I was the Ravens, I would have gotten right up that line, make your play call and go. I, 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 I Obviously, we have no way of proving whether that helped or hurt uh, the Packers or the Ravens in that situation. But I will say the fact that Darnell Savage uh, made that fast of a read and made a beeline for Andrews awesome. as soon as the ball was snapped. It, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Savage. I don't know if we heard after the game or not. It seems like maybe someone on the coaching staff might have tipped him off to be taking a look, give him that look uh, to the t- young quarterback in Huntley by not you know, running over there pre-snap uh, and then just trusting his instincts and speed and closing uh, and just got a- enough of a fingertip on it uh, to affect the pass. So uh, 
I tend to think that that benefited the Packers in that situation. I, I'm not sure if you had a different angle on that, but nonetheless, you're spot on. Is what it I was think, a, Wags. To be honest, yeah. like it, they were rolling there, and why not just ride that momentum to call that timeout for them? Try to pull them off sides. We're talking for what a yard at that point. I mean, it just doesn't. To me, it didn't make any sense. I'm glad they did all of that, but if anything, it kind of gave the Packers defense time to catch their breath gain a little bit of composure, talk through what, what, you know, they might see um, on that two yard line and then execute. Then they only need to execute one play in a bubble in that moment. And it's not something more of like an avalanche that had just occurred. And I feel like um, they had caught, they being Baltimore, kind of caught lightning in a bottle there those last nine minutes. So why slow that down? If this is a basketball game and you're shooting lights out, you don't call a timeout in that moment. You just keep flowing. So I was surprised by it. I was pleased by it. I think it actually did have an impact uh, on the end of the game. And, um, and you're right. Savage, you know, he had a, a really rough first half. But right there near the end, broke on the ball. I thought that Stokes looked great uh, on that play as well. And it was just great to get outside, out of there with a win. And then the Packers' hands team took care of business when they needed to right at the end. And, you know, I don't say that jokingly. Special teams has been a big problem this year. The fact that they were able to recover that ball, we don't take that lightly right now when we're kind of having a down season on special teams. It was good to see that. And it was really good to see uh, us get out of there with that. Yeah. Game. And dare I say, everyone did their job. It looked like, yeah. I don't know for sure, but I thought it was it Tyler Davis or DeGuara that went in and the ball kind of went by him and he was responsible for blocking the first Ravens guy so that uh, AJ Dillon had plenty of time to mm-hmm. scoot in there and cradle football. So uh, I forgive great. me for not remembering. I think it was one of those two guys, but I'm not sure uh, exactly which one of them it was. I'd have to go back and look at the replay. Uh, Dane, technically there was 42 seconds left. Uh, so Aaron would have had time with the timeout to try to work yeah. his magic. But I, for one, am very happy that we didn't have to try to make this another story in Aaron's comeback legacy. Give the guy a break. The defense did just enough at a key moment. And uh, both Aaron and Mason Crosby didn't have to try to play hero. Um, I'm very happy for Mason too. He can, he's been able to stay under the radar for a couple of weeks, which I think is about the best thing that could happen to him after some of his struggles. I'm still not going to say that I'm fully comfortable until I see him start making some 40, 45, 50 yard mm-hmm. field goals with a little bit more regularity. But the fact that he hasn't been called upon to do that uh, in recent weeks is, I think, probably just fine as far as I'm concerned and kind of just gets a chance to step back, work on his mechanics, work things out in practice, pregame, et cetera. And hopefully he's able to be solid here the rest of the way. I chuckled. Um, Devondre Campbell. It was like, oh, I'm surprised they went for two. Roger said he and Adams are like they're going for two. So it's kind of a it's kind of a funny scenario, you know, that was unfolding both on the sideline for the Packers and on the field. The Packers starting linebacker, just kind of a funny aside. Uh, late in the game as that all unfolded, I, I I had no doubt they're going for two based on what Harbaugh had done previously this season. Already tried it once, it didn't work out for him. I thought they would do it again. They did it, but it all worked out, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think, Dean, I'm just going to ask you, with the defense down the stretch, I thought they played a really good second half until those last two possessions, which you can't take them away. They got pretty gassed. The Ravens went hurry up. And uh, I think our defensive line especially really, really got gassed um, by the end of that game. And it was 
pretty evident. Uh, we had some guys in there that got some uh, more snaps than they normally do. You already mentioned Abdullah Anderson. Um, obviously, TJ Slayton has gotten a decent load of snaps in some games, but still uh, more snaps than he typically yeah. has in most games this mm-hmm. season. Um, and Kingsley Kiki, too. Uh, he was up over, I think, 50 snaps, and that's a lot, a lot for him. a defensive lineman and for him. So uh, that's, that's a lot of work. Uh, and so I don't know. I personally... I'm not, I know some folks are getting a little concerned about this defense now, uh, not playing maybe quite the level they were a month ago. Um, and I have a little slight concern, but you know, I'd see, like you said, I think they righted the ship in the second half and then the game script just kind of changed a little bit at the end. We had, um, a bunch of guys out there uh, that, uh, again, we're not playing. We're playing a lot more than they normally do. And give the Ravens credit. I mean, honestly, Huntley looks like he's a starting quarterback yes. caliber guy in this league. I know it's only one game, but the dude didn't turn it over. He played a real clean game. He looked accurate. He looked comfortable in the pocket. Uh, he's shifty. Uh, he was hard to bring down. Uh, there's multiple times that uh, we got some pressure on him, and he was able to make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wags, you know what? This is not an excuse driven league. Everybody's dealing with injuries. Hell, we, we know how bad Baltimore has been bit and I feel bad for their fan base. But, um, you know, when great players go down after a while, you may feel those. And going into this game yesterday, uh, we'd already been out Alexander and, and Zadarius Smith, but then Kenny Clark as well. One could argue that's their best player at each phase. Uh, defensive line, linebacking core, and defensive back were all out yesterday. Uh, the Packers have been able to really weather that storm, but Kenny Clark has played phenomenal football this year. So him not being in there, I think, was noticeably missed uh, and forcing some of these other guys to take higher snap counts. Now, I thought that Tyler Lancaster played a really good game, uh, it, being called upon to play like a ton more snaps than he probably normally would. Um, but Still, Kenny Clark not being in there, Wags, that didn't help matters either. But overall, I thought that this defense stepped up to the challenge late in the game. So to your point, I know people are saying, oh, they've given up 28 points or more in four straight games. I'm seeing the narrative that's out there. Um, But I think this is a pretty gritty defense at this stage uh, in the season. And Kenny's coming back soon. And I I think that they are going to be okay um, as we uh, come playoff time. I really do. I think they've got the right guys in place to, to make an impact and, and win some football games deep uh, in January and hope you hope, hopefully February as well. Yeah. Do you have any concerns about our coverage yesterday? It's, I don't know. There's a variety of factors that go there, but um, obviously Mark Andrews, Andrews. just, just yeah. kill, he's a great player, but he killed us in the first half. And it, it was a little concerning to me that no matter who the Packers put on him and they weren't really covering him with a linebacker at all. As far as I saw, uh, maybe a, a here and there when they're in some zone looks, but for the most part, he was, running away from a lot of our, uh, our safeties and corners that whoever was lined up against him, mm-hmm. uh, he was kind of getting separation. So a little concerned about that. I, I, I don't know if you would chalk that up to just a bad matchup and just not our best game, or is that something that we're going to have to be kind of looking at over because overall we've done, I think better against tight ends than we have in, in a number of years uh, for this season. Yeah. I honestly, Andrews is a great player. 
I was surprised he made that kind of an impact, though. I thought he was going to be around 70 yards for the game, give or take. I didn't expect him to go off for, what, 136, I think is what I'm looking at right now. Um, That's like monster number. So um, it seemed like Savage was a step or two behind throughout the game. Um, You know, he just wasn't there timing-wise, especially in that first half. Um, you know, I think that he did his damage, what, 96 of those 136 happened in the first half. So that's where I think Anders did a lot of that damage. So I've got a little bit of concern, I think, there. And and also, you know, Henry Black was removed from kind of that third safety spot. And I, I noticed for the first time Kevin King played that role um, throughout yesterday's game. So that was something I also kept an eye on. Um, and Kevin King also struggled against Andrews. But I, I liked the idea, kind of the addition of putting Kevin King into that role. So I, I'm not totally critical of that. I think it more remains to be seen on that front. But overall, yeah, of course, you don't want to see a team get those kind of yards. But it was one week. And I, I'm curious what they can do and they can learn and build off of going into, uh, I guess, Saturday against Cleveland. Yeah, and you mentioned Darnell Savage. He's he's had some times. Look, the guy's a playmaker. He's going to try to make high-impact plays, and he does. I, I think one of the knocks on him going back to last season and first half of the season was he needed to work on his consistency and understand the moments and take risk at the appropriate times. Uh, and I, so, so I think we continue to see as well as Darnell Savage has played at times. Remember, he's still a really young player. He's still learning the position. And at times he still isn't playing as, as consistent as football as what you might like from a, a veteran player so he's getting there but I, I think there still needs to be some some maybe some moments where uh, you just look at Darnell and say look man uh, let's take appropriate risks um, if you're gonna make the smart play that's gonna be what's best for this defense over the long haul so um, I, and not to single him out but I, I just feel like some of the bigger long longer plays that we've given up over the last month, it's been a lot of involvement from Darnell Savage. Let's put it that way. He's not solely responsible for all of those plays, of course, but um, I I would like to see him. And I think he can uh, play at a higher, uh, more consistent level moving down the stretch. Thanks. Anything else on the defensive front before we head over to offense? Uh, I I did want to ask since you're the, um, the pass rush expert, what was going on? Uh, and the, I know the announcing crew called it out and they were spot on, but it contain. seemed like we were either breaking contain yeah. or coming up the middle, uh, trying to shoot gaps. And it was causing all kinds of problems because neither one was a recipe for success. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Wags. Uh, not only that, but um, boy, was it noticeable late in the game uh, on that 15-yard scramble by Huntley on that uh, what could have been an equalizing drive there in the last couple minutes uh, when Preston Smith kind of darted. He knifed inside, uh, and Huntley was like, thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to take off for a quick 15. Um, I don't know if that scheme uh, – I. I think it has to be scheme, but it seems like the, the Packers were, it was either that or the pass rushers are given permission to just really go, um, you know, go off and, and really just kind of freestyle and do whatever they can to get into the quarterback. But it just didn't seem like the Packers then worried at all about contain. And this isn't the first time this year 
where we've seen a scrambling quarterback break out of the pocket and beat us with his legs. In fact, Justin Fields for the Bears, I think, had 74 rushing yards the week before. So, you know, a little bit of a cause for concern um, just because, you know, you don't want to see a quarterback shred you, especially when the pass coverage is as good as it's been. Yeah, Andrews got us yesterday, but, you know, somebody like Marquise Brown, who's a big play wide receiver, I think was held to about 40 yards receiving. And they threw him, the, I threw the, I think they threw at him 14 or so times or 12 times yesterday too. And I think that overall, Razul Douglas has been playing well. Um, Stokes has been playing well. So you hate to do all of these things right. And then, you know, see that quarterback just take off. Rashawn Gary wags. I feel like almost had five sacks yesterday. He was just chasing down Huntley all game long and was unable to bring him down. I, he had to have been frustrated as heck. But um, to, to answer your question, it seems like there there was a, a lot from from our outside rushers knifing in, and there was just no no one spying the quarterback from there, and that allowed Huntley to just stretch his legs and pick up a, a couple first downs in yesterday's game. Yeah, that puts a lot of pressure on guys at the uh, second and third level sure does. when it gives them that much open space to run. Um, I think it is kind of hard because on balance, when especially when you've got, uh, you know, Teepa Nalei and uh, Jonathan Garvin coming in, you want them to do what they can to get pressure on the quarterback. However, at the same time, they've got to realize what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, so you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place in some ways because you don't want them to be, you know, only playing contained because then the quarterback has all day back there to throw. Uh, so I get it. It's, it's not the easiest answer. I think, unfortunately, the depth at that position just isn't all that strong right now. Um, unfortunately, and, and we'll see if Zedarius is able to come back, he hasn't started practicing yet. So right. I'm actually getting a little bit more pessimistic that Zedarius Smith is, is going to play this season, even despite some of his social media posts, it, it just doesn't seem like that's resulted in anything tangible. So uh, we'll see, but um, you know, obviously he would help. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Uh, so we're going to have to make do with the guys that we have, but, um, I, I think Kenny Clark makes such a big difference, even for the outside guys, uh, that I'm not going to take too much out of just this game, but hoping that uh, with the tape that we have the last couple of weeks, our coaching staff is able to correct some of those things moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wiggs, um, I've got nothing left on the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, is it time for us to talk about our great sponsor? Yeah, it is. So, uh, Dane, you've been keeping us posted on DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're glad to have them as a sponsor for our show. And your wife, Andrea, has been playing daily fantasy on DraftKings all season. So how does she do this weekend? She's been doing well. Um, she she didn't take Andrew, so I'm sure she wishes she had against the Packers. Uh, but she did take MVS, one of our X-Factors, going into the game. And uh, how good was he yesterday? Uh, played really good football, also put up a nice fantasy stat for her. So, um, you know, she's really enjoying this. I've never used DraftKings Sportsbook before um and you know they had this great offer where she was able to use promo code tp uh pn and she uh, put a dollar down received 150 dollars or 100 dollars in bets uh and you know she's really had a lot of fun this year some good weeks some not so good weeks but she's up on the year having a lot of fun doing it using DraftKings sportsbook which is just really 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 easy to use 
All right. So, folks, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Dane, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I think the Packers, super efficient. We were able to, particularly between the second and third quarter, uh, I think we scored on four straight possessions, touchdowns. Uh, so that's that's pretty impressive. This was not a high-possession game. Neither team turned the ball over. Uh, and uh, both teams were able to, uh, you know, possess the ball. Uh, and I couldn't believe the Packers actually won the time of possession in this yeah. game. Didn't after like that, it. especially that first quarter and first half, it just didn't feel like it. Uh, but they did a tremendous job. Um, I think after, unfortunately, starting slow again and, and going three and out in the first series, but um, great, great game again by the offense. Yeah, it it sure was. And as always, it really starts with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, you very well now can find himself as in the, the leader's house for another MVP after yesterday's performance. Uh, played really strong football wags. Early on, I'm sure he would love to get that one back against Devontae Adams. He had him wide open. Uh, I believe it was the first series of the game. But um, yet again, I thought Aaron was able to uh, really spread the ball around. Um, MVS just shy of 100 yards receiving. Uh, But, you know, a a number of other guys getting in the mix. Big dog, Mercedes Lewis, had a couple really nice catches. He's so fun to watch. He gets that ball in his hands, and you see defenders just bouncing off the dude. Um, so I thought Mercedes, both run blocking, but also in the past game, looked really strong yesterday. Josiah DeGuara able to, yet again, um, move the chains. It seems like every week Josiah DeGuara gets us a first down. So really exciting to see him in the passing game. And then, Wags, how about Tyler Davis uh, coming in with a, with a really good catch? Played uh, 19 snaps. He had um, really good run blocking grades yesterday, too. Pro Football Focus had him top three or four Packers yesterday, um, just graded out really, really well. Exciting to see him. Exciting to see those two, three tight end groups. You know, we're seeing Mercedes Lewis, Tyler Davis get mixed in. Then Tyler runs off the field. DeGuara comes onto the field. We're seeing them rotate all three of those guys in and out. And that gives them just another added layer to the offense if all three of those guys get going. But Tyler Davis, um, you know, Every year, it seems like the Packers are able to find somebody on offense that just sticks out a little bit. And this year, right now, Tyler's doing it both in the run blocking game and also receiving. Really fun to watch him just grow and develop here in Green Bay. Yeah, and he's gotten the opportunity as uh, Dominique Daphne has been a little bit dinged up here over the course of the season. So uh, he surprised me, Dan. I'll admit it. I didn't think he was someone that was going to be able to contribute the way that he has. And uh, But Josiah DeGuara is I think playing the best football of his young career. Seems like he's really settling in, getting a, a, an expanded role um, ever since uh, uh, Bob Tunyon's gone down with the ACL injury. And Mercedes Lewis, uh, he's always just been a steady contributor. But as a, a pass catcher, 
Uh, he's playing the best football of his Packer career as well. Uh, the way that he's contributing pretty much every week as a receiver, uh, in addition to all the things that we know he does out there in the run game and as in pass protection as a, a, a blocker. So uh, it's fantastic to see in a game that Devontae drew a ton of de- attention from, uh, albeit a depleted Raven secondary, anytime they throw that much uh, focus on one guy, uh, it was incumbent on these other guys to step up. So kudos to that tight end room. And then obviously MVS and and Lazard, uh, certainly he's got to catch the ball. Uh, He got bailed out big time. uh, And I thought on that pass interference penalty, uh, he still should have definitely caught that ball walking into the end zone. That ball was right on the money in his bread basket. But outside of that one play, I thought he had a really good game as well. So um, Lazard, MVS, and all three of our tight ends stepping up to contribute as uh, in the pass game. Uh, you know, this offense didn't miss a beat. And that's really important because other teams might try to do some similar things to what the Ravens did. But the Packers just said, well, fine, go ahead. Uh, uh, you know, Devontae's still going to find a way to contribute. And we've got all these other guys. And Aaron is such an elite uh, quarterback that mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. He's going to find these other guys and, and find ways to help them uh, contribute and, and uh, benefit this offense. So it makes it, I think, us much more well-rounded. And it's, it's great to see, even if it's just for one game, uh, some of those other guys step up as well. Wags, and then Aaron Jones uh, had one of his better performances, especially since his MCL injury from a few weeks ago. Uh, I thought that Yash Naiman and uh, John Runyon had some really good blocking going on in this game together uh, that helped open up some holes, some good um, interior zone blocking work that was just really creative watching how they were, you know, sliding off Yash, sliding off the defend, a defensive lineman, getting to the second level, helping Aaron Jones out a little bit. I thought Aaron Jones at times looked like he was shot out of a cannon. I think we tweeted that out last night. He just looked faster than he's looked in the last couple of weeks. And that was really, really good to see. Um, especially against a defense that is number one against the uh, against the run going into this game. Um, this is a defense that normally would blitz and and you know throw the kitchen sink at you at times. But you mentioned they had two guys pretty much all game uh, dedicated just to Devonte Adams. Makes it a lot harder to blitz when you've got two dudes lining up just kind of mugging Devonte all day. Um, but I thought that the Packers did enough offensively to just take advantage. Of, of that strategy by Baltimore. And, um, you know, the Packers, once again, get over 30 points, which is not easy to do in the National Football League. It feels like this offense is clicking on all cylinders right now, Wags. And what's even scarier is I feel like there's still more left in the tank. I feel like they haven't hit their max levels yet. And that's what I'm so excited about from this offense. And yet again, the offensive line, I thought overall played well, was able to keep Aaron Rodgers up and Aaron just was masterful yet again. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, uh, Aaron Jones. I completely agree with you statistically, not anything that's going to be popping off the page, but uh, from the eye test standpoint, definitely looked like an Aaron Jones that's uh, feeling fully healthy. And uh, you could see that uh, his longest run was 11 yards. So the one thing that didn't happen, that's going to help kind of the bottom line is, uh, you know, a longer run or that he was able to shake loose uh, and really uh, put on a 20, 30, 40 yard run at some point. Uh, That'll happen occasionally. It did not happen yet 
yesterday. The Ravens did a good job, uh, but the Packers offensive line, as you said, uh, did a nice job at the point of attack, a point, uh, opening up some, some holes. And uh, it seemed like Aaron Jones had plenty of opportunity to get some of those six, seven, eight-yard carries and that makes such a difference as you said we didn't see third down all that often and i thought a lot of that was because of the work aaron jones was doing running the ball we didn't run a ton but i thought we did it about as effectively as i could have expected considering circumstances uh with our offensive line and how good the raisins ravens excuse me have been as you said uh against the the run all season so kudos to them and, and for all those big guys up front as well yeah, I mean, what more can you say? The Packers offense is just chugging along right now. Uh, they're going to play tougher opponents, hopefully in the playoffs, you know, hopefully not in the playoffs, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully they play nobody's in the playoffs, but we know that's not the case. Um, but I think that this offense is just looking really good. And, and another week of Aaron Rodgers spreading the ball out and really seeing the, the, the field um, extremely well. Um, you know, he's throwing receivers open. It seemed like some of those plays, his arm, uh, you know, is next level. It looked like after the game, Aaron was limping a little bit. I think we're just going to unfortunately have to get used to that wags. You know, I, this toe injury isn't going to go away between now and the end of the year, but Aaron's just playing a total hot streak right now. And I think that now the key is, as you mentioned at the top of the episode, just keep this momentum going. We got to keep winning so we can get a bye week, have home field advantage. What a privileged spot to be in. But for this week, yet again, the offense looked really, really difficult to stop. Yeah, the one thing that they need to figure out is how can they avoid having to go three and out or, or start so slow in the right. first series or two. Because in a playoff type game, all it takes is two bad series and maybe you're down seven, 10, 14, nothing. And then you uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically turned the ball over mm. uh, like Aaron Jones, unfortunately did in the uh, championship game last year. And now you're really in a hole. So uh, we've got to make sure that, uh, and I know that that's got their attention. Guys have ta been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. Coaching staff has been talking about it. There's not really any rhyme or reason for it, but it's definitely a trend. This is not something that's, you know, it sort of is what it is. Unfortunately, it's been a season long problem as we talked about, uh, but there's, there's no reason for it as well as this offense is playing. Uh, so I, I don't know if they need to adjust kind of their plan uh, to try to find some more rhythm plays. We talked a little bit about that last week uh, in that uh, first couple of plays. Uh, they tried to establish a run. So I give them credit for that. They handed the ball off twice and they only had a third and three, um, and uh, as you said, not a throw that Aaron Rodgers is, is typically going to miss. And Devontae Adams was wide open. So it was all right. They had it set up the right way. It just, unfortunately, it just didn't work out the way that they wanted it to. But I think uh, hopefully they're able to get that corrected moving forward because um, we can't afford to have those slow starts. So Dane, I don't know if you have anything else on the offense. Uh, otherwise uh, I'll be ready to have a quick discussion here on special teams. Yeah. Teams was teams yet again, you mentioned, you know, needing to start fast. Uh, come playoff time and you know all you need is like a short punt right after a quick three and out and that you know could completely shift uh, the fate of this season so um, yeah uh, yet again a lot of miscues on special teams I don't, I don't even know um, where to begin or end with this unit right now uh, you know the the Yadam uh, ran into the guy 
Um, the, the, the penalty, uh, not snapping the ball on the punt. It's just, you know, a kind of a comedy of errors. He had again, a holding call on Amari Roger, you know, when Amari Rogers was looked like he had gotten into some open space there. So just a lot of challenges yet again to the special teams unit. Yeah. And despite that, is it crazy to say that I didn't even really feel like special teams was that big of a deal this week? Comparatively, that's how bad last week was. And it was not good this week either. Um, you didn't even mention the kick return where we almost botched and the Ravens could have easily recovered the ball down in Packers territory. I shut that out of my mind, Wags. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I guess it didn't happen, so we shouldn't, but it did happen. And fortunately, field position was definitely an issue a couple of times uh, in this game, particularly in the first half. Uh, so uh, that, that's, that's the problem is if you give good NFL teams enough opportunities and they're already at the midfield basically we're talking about the defense struggling a little bit to some degree or not playing quite to the high level well no coincidence that special teams has been struggling tremendously and has really put a lot of pressure on this defense uh, to be able to hold teams uh, from getting into the end zone or even getting in the field goal range Uh, that's asking a lot I mean if they're starting from their 20 and they gain 30 or 40 yards, they still might punt if the defense come up with a stop. Uh, If they're starting at midfield, you guys can do the math. (laughs) So it it just doesn't always work out. So I think, you know, I don't know. I guess, would you say there was progress made? (laughs) I don't, I'm just trying to look at it. I'll take it. Glass half full. It was not good, (laughs) but at least it wasn't as atrocious. It couldn't have been as the previous week. and, And they were able to make a, I wasn't even nervous about the, um, as soon as I saw Dylan jump on that onside kick, it it wasn't like it was close or that there was a pile or a scramble for the ball. It was secured very well. And so that made me feel a lot better when that happened as well. Yeah. Yeah. What more can we say? Let's just, hopefully it gets better. I, you know, I don't have the answers for it, for any of this, but hopefully the special teams just gets better as the, you know, we wrap the season up. All right, Dane, I'm running out of steam. I think you're probably running out of steam. We're, like we said at the top, neither of us are feeling the best here tonight. Well, under the weather. So uh, let's get into our big cheese players of the week and wrap this thing up. So uh, offensively, I'll let you kick it off. Who do you have for a big cheese player of the week? I'll go with MVS. I thought he played really well. He had a, a nice uh, third down conversion. Of course, that touchdown where he looked exceedingly athletic, uh, stretching that ball and having really good body control yesterday. When they're double teaming somebody like Devontae Adams, the way that Baltimore did, somebody else has to step up and become wide receiver one. That wide receiver one for this week was MVS. Played really good football, showed really good hands and body control. He's my guy this week. Yeah, I'll second that and and made some really nice catches in traffic as well. It wasn't necessarily the type of, of catchers that we expect or that MBS gets called upon all the time, but looked very smooth. Uh, his hands have been significantly improved this year. I, I think I saw yesterday that MBS had seven drops last year and hasn't had any this year. And I believe that it doesn't feel like there's been any situations where he's had the ball right in his hands and and didn't uh, come up with the catch. Um, Some of those were in third down situations as well. uh, And really just loved 
the touchdown, the stretch over the goal line, uh, thing of beauty, just great body control, um, very nice route and, and right on the money. So um, I definitely second MVS, a great, great game from him. Wiggs, uh, who, well, go for it. I, I was going to ask you, who do you got for defensive player? Uh, ex, or, uh, excuse me, big cheese of the week. I'm curious because I'm kind of scratching my head right now trying to figure out who it should be. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to go with Eric Stokes. I thought that he, you know, he didn't come up with the interception, but I thought there was uh, some opportunities, and he was just playing really sticky coverage of of the guys out there that uh, you know had some challenges, shall we say, at certain mo- moments of the game. It didn't seem like Eric Stokes was one of them. He actually had um seven tackles uh and a pass defense as well um so i thought he continued to play a very uh solid level and uh was was playing at a high level yesterday um certainly he didn't shut out the receivers that he lined up against but uh, if we could continue to get that level of play from eric stokes i think uh, we're going to be in really, really good shape as a defense down the stretch. Um, I'm confident that we'll clean up some of the other things that were going on. And uh, it's great when you're sitting there thinking our first round pick and Eric Stokes uh, seems to be taking his game to another level. Mm-hmm. And Jair Alexander is going to be back either this week or next week uh, because uh, the Packers have that clock ticking. Uh, so that's going to be exciting to have that duo out on the field together. Sure is. And and uh, I'll second that one. And it's, it's always a, a credit to these DBs when, you know, wide receivers aren't going for 100 plus. Uh, against a opposing defense. And, you know, we didn't hear Stokes' name called all that much. That's a good thing. It means he's not getting burned. So I thought that Stokes played good football, and uh, I'll second you. For sure. So I don't know if you have any Dairyland dominators that you want to throw out on um, offense, defense, or teams. You know, I'd say Aaron Jones. He, uh, he the you said the numbers didn't totally jump out, but I, I agree. But uh, to you know, to your point, he just looked fast. He looked like he was in control of the game. Um, so I thought that he played well. And then, can we just give like a group award to the tight end room because they oh, were yeah. just all so damn good yesterday? I completely concur. So, um, yeah, Dane, any closing thoughts then here as we wrap this up? I mean, I'm really excited for Christmas Day game at Lambeau Field. And uh, as much as I would have liked to have seen Aaron Rodgers throw that last touchdown pass to Lazard, uh, something special about him beating Brett Favre's record at Lambeau Field on Christmas Day kind of gives you goosebumps a little bit. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to what's ahead for the Packers. And uh, if we keep winning, uh, it's all going to be out there in front of us for us. The Packers clinched the NFC North, Kings of the North yet again, but the North is not enough. And, um, you know, this team is all in on one goal, which is to win the Super Bowl. I think this is a special team right now, Wags, and I'm I'm exceedingly excited to see what happens over the course of the next two months. Yep, absolutely. So, Dane, I think we'll be back on Thursday. Game is Saturday, so it'll be a little less turnaround time to be able to listen to our game preview. But we're going to stay on the same schedule, go Thursday night, I believe. Um, So if you have an opportunity to join us live Thursday, uh, we'll be here on our Facebook channel or Twitter or YouTube feeds as well. Um, Or uh, go ahead and download the audio uh, wherever you get your podcast. uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, Saturday morning. Uh, Get your Packer fix and prepare uh, for another big game on Christmas Day. So looking forward to it as well. 
Yeah. So, Wags, I think we've said it all so far this week. So, how about you say it with me? Go back. Go back. I know we're going to go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack. No, I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.